today is, uh, it's, it's so funny that the selection of songs and, and that we have this morning, uh, we don't go over, try and figure out what we can do or <clears throat> manufacture anything, but it always amazes me how God just brings everything to, that we need to hear. And uh, amen. Amen. Even those who are watching on Facebook today, I saw that, uh, I guess, uh, Danny Patterson has it in the room with Pat today, and we're believing for Pat's healing. Yes, Total Jesus. restoration. Complete restoration this morning. Amen. Praise God. Yes. Today, I, I don't think it's by accident. So there were 31, you know the thing, uh, 30 days has September, April, June, and November. And when February is done, all the rest have 31. You knew it. Remember that. So 31 days of January. Today is the 19th of February. Is it February, February, or February? <laughs> it's, okay. it's all right, whatever it is. 19, and you put them together, that means 50. 50 days. 50 days. Today's the 50th day of 23. The scriptures, we see that 50 was a day when uh, we think of Pentecost. Oh, yeah. Pentecost means, Pente means 50. And uh, 50 days after, after uh, the feast of... Uh... Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Passover. And so 50 days later, but it was also 50 days that which, with which Moses had got the, uh, the law that was given. 50 days. 50 days is a symbol of jubilee. Hallelujah. Right? 50, rather. 50 years, every 50th year is going to be a time of jubilee. And we've been proclaiming that. Today is a day of jubilee. Today is a first celebration, I believe, of jubilee for yes. us. Yes. Totally free. Yes. 20 free. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise your name. <laughs> I want you to look with me, if you would, please, to 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 20. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. I'm going to try and stick as closely to what I have written down as I possibly can because there's so much so much that I could give to you uh, but uh, there's not enough hours or time to be able to do that and anyway we want to look to the word today how many of you have heard this scripture before we used to sing it years ago all your promises are yes and amen and Paul writes to the church at Corinth his second probably his third letter there was one that was missing but for the sake of putting it together, we have two of them that we know of. Paul says, for all the promises of God in him are yes and, a, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Come on, let's read that together. All the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. All the promises. 
All the promises. How many of them? All of them. Doug and Rose, good to see you this morning. Bless you. All God's promises are yes and amen in Him. Have you ever had a promise that was given and broken? Anybody? How many of you ever been disappointed because something was promised but didn't come through? How many of you have ever failed on a promise before yourself? I'm sure that we can all relate to that. This morning I want to look at a couple of things. This has been on me for a couple of weeks. This is what the Lord spoke to me a few weeks ago about all the promises of God. I went around singing it, a song we used to sing years ago that was popular during the Brownsville revival, All Your Promises Are Yes and Amen, Jesus. All Your Promises Are True. All Your Promises Are Yes and Amen. I keep running back to you. Amen. And I was just... Uh, singing that and the Lord put this in my heart things had not begun to unfold yet at that time but yet God was already preparing my heart for it and I'll share you'll understand where I'm coming from uh, as I give this message this morning but I want us to look at the word promises and uh, just give you a little bit of teaching here I thought it's kind of neat on Tuesday we had that rain and Fred and Joyce were out here taking care of uh, uh, Panera Bread company getting some things that were going to be taken over to the uh, homeless uh, uh, shelter in in Alton and we walked out on the parking lot and there I took this picture I should have gotten Joyce's because hers covered the whole thing it was over on the other side and a double as well I got it at the wrong time but you can almost well I can on my paper you can almost see the the below the R is where it's beginning but I took this picture randomly and, and <laughs> was trying to think of something. Stephanie had asked me, she said, you got anything for, a back, uh, for the PowerPoint? I said, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Nothing whatsoever. I knew what I was going to speak about was promises. And I thought, hold it. Maybe I do. I had, ta- had taken this picture, didn't post it or anything. But the promise, promises there. And promises are a sign, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it's a symbol of the, I mean, uh, the rainbow is a sign, it's a symbol of the promises of covenant. Amen. And it was just so random that I had taken that picture, and here we have the sign or the symbol of that in the same picture with the sign of harvest. Yeah. And the Lord kind of spoke to me and gave me that encouraging word and he says, I want you to remind, be reminded that the promises that I've made for this church. Amen. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. That's right. That's right. Now that was my picture. Many people had taken this picture because the rainbow wasn't just here. Yeah. Everybody said, it's in my backyard. Yeah. Well, we all had it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know? It was everywhere. Yeah. Just to let everybody, everybody know. Amen. There's right. a promise. There's a promise. And the word promises, as it was used in the New Testament, in the Greek is uh, epangelia. Epangelia. And it means an announcement. 
or to announce upon. It's a message. It means to engage, to do something. And it also means a self-committal. When you make a promise, you, you commit yourself to that promise. Are you with me? We see that uh, <laughs> a lot of the things that God has given us in promise form, Numbers, the 23rd chapter, verses 19, says that God's not a man. This is God speaking through Moses. He said, God's not a man that I would lie, or he's not a human that it would change his mind. Does he not speak? And not, does he speak, rather, and not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? Does he promise and not fulfill? Isaiah, the Lord spoke to him and he said, I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed and I will do it. Psalm 138 verse 2. David had this word and he, a lot of people have become very confused upon this. But it says, Lord, you have magnified your word above your name. You've magnified your word even above your name. And the actual translation of that is, you know, a name represents a person's reputation or the authority in their character. That's what the name represents. And his word is equal unto his name. In other words, if his name is he's the almighty God and he doesn't change, if his name is he's good to everyone, his promises are from everlasting to everlasting, and his word says that, his name upholds that. Are you with me? That's right. His word is true. You know, person, they, you've heard the saying before, a person's only as good as their word, right? And so when God makes a promise, he's true to it. And you might be here today wondering what happened to those promises what happened? What happened? And I've been in a position many times, and I, I lay myself before you today and make myself vulnerable about that because I know that there have been many promises or prophetic words that have been given to this house, uh, to me personally, to our family, to some of you. And sometimes I question, I say, God, <laughs> was that not your word? What, what, what happened? What's going on? And I think we can all get somewhat discouraged by that at times, and the enemy knows that. He knows that. The Bible is full of promises. It's full of prophecies. In fact, it's a whole book of it. Hebrews, the sixth chapter, I want you to look at this. Some instructions. And he says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end that you don't become sluggish but rather that you would imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises Hebrews 10 verses 35 through 37 therefore don't cast away your confidence which has great reward for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may, receive, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Hebrews 6, he's saying, don't become lazy, but rather imitate so that you can inherit. Stay 
the course. Stay till the end. Yeah. Are you with me? Don't get lazy. Right. Now, I know nobody in here has ever gotten lazy about the promises of God. <laughs> but he said the ones that had inherited the promises do what they did and stay the course until the end. Amen. Don't get lazy. Don't get sluggish. And there in verse 10, he said, don't cast away, don't toss aside, don't abandon, don't abort the plan in order that you might receive. So when we look at this, it's, it, it appears as though that the promises of God could be true and sure, but we are the ones that tossed it aside. God didn't forget his word. Sometimes we do. And sometimes we get so far behind and we think, what in the world? And we forget about those things. And we toss it aside. Well, let's put that aside. I got this to take care of now. And I wonder how many times that God would have done something earlier had we not abandoned or aborted or bailed out on the whole plan. Are you with me? You understand what I'm saying? And there's four words that I want to look at here used in these two, these two scriptures that are very important. The word diligence. It's a Greek word that means, it's, it's spudi, which, which means speed, eagerness, haste, and business. When he said that, uh, that you have, show the same diligence until the end. In other words, the same speed and eagerness, haste, business. I've heard so many times, and believe me, I've been guilty of it, God gives a word or he gives a promise, and man, you're pumped. And then when it doesn't happen the way you think it's going to happen, when you think it's going to happen, the eagerness is kind of, well, you know, you put it aside. Another lost hope. Are you with me? But he says to be diligent. In other words, carry the same speed. You're running a race. Keep the speed up. Don't become lazy. Don't become sluggish. Don't become distracted, but stay with diligence. The next word is assurance. Uh, Pleraphorio. Uh, it means completely, entirely, or to fully believe that with the assurance of hope, completely, entirely, and fully believe of the, in the hope until the end. The word pleraphobia, is means pleroph is the word uh, full, complete, covered with. And anything that's covered, any Oreo that's covered Y'all didn't get that, did you? Y'all going to remember that word. That's a full Oreo right there. Complete. Fully. That's the one you want. But completely. Completely. Entirely. Fully believe until the end. In other words, I've committed to this. God's given me a word. I'm going to go on with that. I will not be distracted. I will not be dismayed. I will not be discouraged. I will continue on and fully at the midway point, at the three-quarter mile, whatever it is, however far I've got to go, I'm going to have the same speed and haste and business about that till the end. 
And that's how we have to view that. The next one, in the second uh, scripture from uh, Hebrews 10, he said that you have this confidence. Don't cast away your confidence that has great reward. The word is actually parhesia, which means outspokenness. Outspokenness. That you have a confidence that you are speaking, you are breathing, you are putting out in the atmosphere. This is what we're going to do. This is what God said, and I'm going to go for it. And don't hide behind it. Don't be ashamed of what's been spoken, no matter how it looks, because it's, not, it, it, it's God's word. God is the one that, has to, that stands behind his word, right? Amen? So we can have this confidence and be outspoken about it. And I'm going to lay out some things today, and it might not look like it this morning. But God has spoken some things, and sometimes we put it aside because we haven't seen it. But that doesn't mean that God's not going to do it. He's not done. Amen. Amen. So I say today, let's don't bail out. Amen. He says that you would have endurance, hupomoni, which means constance, continuance, and cheerfully. <laughs> You know, it's one thing to endure something, and some people had to endure that. You know, endure is not meaning a lapse of time. Enduring means you have the same attitude, that you're as excited about it when it hasn't happened yet as you were when God spoke it and put it into your spirit. I'm still cheerful about it. I still know God's word is true. It doesn't matter what things look like. It doesn't matter what may be going against it. My God is God. He does not change. He said it. He's not a man that he would lie. He's not a human that he would repent or change his mind about something. Would he say it and not do it? My God is true to his word. (laughs) Hallelujah. He says you need to be that in order that you can receive the promise. If we don't have the endurance, if we don't have the diligence, if we don't have the assurance, if we don't have the confidence, we're not going to inherit, nor will we receive. It's not God's fault. All right? Now, there are some things that God does no matter what. You may lose out on it, but God's still going to do it some way you know when when Haman I mean I'm sorry when Mordecai who was Esther's uncle she was an orphan but he raised her and God gave her a platform and gave her a position as the queen next to the king of Persia and the plot was by Haman to kill all the Jews and she was a Jew She'd been given this place, and she knew that how, how the king had treated his, his earlier queen, he got rid of her. And Mordecai says, don't think you're an exception to this, but you've got to stand up because you've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. And he says, who knows? He says, if you keep silent on this matter, God will find somebody else. He'll do it because his plan, this was a plan that God was going to do and initiate. You have the choice. It's your opportunity, but if you blow it, don't, you're not going to stop God. God will get it done. Amen? So I looked in the dictionary, and I gave you the, the, the Greek uh, definition of promises, but when I looked in the dictionary of ours, it doesn't really change a whole lot. 
But it says on, uh, if you Google dictionary, I'm, I'm sorry, Google promises, the dictionary that will come up, it'll say a declaration or assurance that, in other words, your outspokenness, you give voice to something, and the assurance that one will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. It's a statement. It's a word of honor. It's an agreement to do or to not do something. When God gives us these promises, Peter, Second Peter, said one and three, I think it was, says that we have these great and precious promises that He has given us. Precious promises. He's put His word to it. He's laid it out there. It's a declaration. Along with that declaration, there needs to be an assurance. Uh, that he's given us his word of honor and agreement that he will do what he said he would do. I hope that you're thinking about things right now in your life. I pray that God brings to your mind something that you've just let be on the back burner. I pray right now. Father, Holy Ghost, uh, speak to us right now. Lord, in my life, speak to me and show me things that you have said to me or spoken over me that I've laid aside. Things over this church. I pray, God, right now that your Holy Spirit would bring to light and bring those things. So the scripture we read says that all God's promises are yes and they, they are amen in him. In him means that every, every promise God made in the Old Testament was full. Jesus came to fulfill it. Are you with me? He was the word made flesh. So the promises that God gave, even in the Old Testament, are promises that we can hold true to, hold, hold tight to, amen? The word yes, uh, we have in, in the New King James, it says yes, though in the King James it would say, it would be the word yay. And in the Greek there, it means it's nigh, which is an affirmation, or even so. All God's promises are affirmative, even so. Every promise. The word, it's, it's funny because he uses the word there, yes and amen. Yes and amen. And they have similarities in what they mean. But the word amen, it, it, appear, it appears 30 times in the Old Testament. 30 times in the Old Testament. And it's interesting that 12 of those times occur in one chapter. It's in Deuteronomy, the 27th chapter. It's very interesting because when, do you remember when, when Moses told the children of Israel to stand down in the valley of decision and he would put those one upon Mount Gerizim and one upon Mount Ebal and they would pronounce what the blessing was and they would pronounce what the curse was. And all through the blessings, we always want to get an amen about the blessing, right? He says, hey, if you'll follow my ways, you're going to be blessed in the city. Yeah, amen. You're going to be blessed in the field. Amen. Hallelujah. You're going to live in houses that you didn't build. Mm -hmm. Amen. But there's no amen attached to it. The amen was attached to the curses. It's interesting. If you don't obey the Lord your God, you're going to be cursed in the city. Amen. You're going to be cursed in the field. Amen. And it's interesting because that's how he, that was what it was used for. 
It was affirming the curse. How many of you know we need to recognize the bad things and their yes and amen as well? We live in a world today that wants to bypass the bad stuff, and we're all blessed, and yes, indeed, we are. But it's funny how we always want to proclaim the blessings of God, but let me tell you something. There are consequences to not doing the things of God. Amen. Amen? That means when something didn't happen that God said would happen, the, curse, the consequence is upon you. It's upon me, us. Why do you think that what God said, uh, uh, Solomon said, the Lord spoke to him, and he said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I'm going to hear from heaven, I will heal, uh, forgive, and I will heal their land. If, yeah. if, yes. big word there, yeah. if, right? He says, I'm laying it out there. This is my agreement. I'll do this. But if you don't come along and agree with it, if you don't put yourself in a position of, of covenanting with that promise, it's not going to happen. Right. And a lot of us just think if, if my people will pray. Yes, pray is a very part of it. But the first thing he says, humble yourself. Turn from your wickedness. In other words, Repentance. We can pray about things all along, but if we haven't repented, come on. Right? I'm getting really rough here, aren't I? <laughs> 123 times the word amen occurs in the New Testament, and Jesus used a bunch of them. I mean, like maybe two-thirds of those times. In fact, Jesus used the word amen sometimes two times in a row. Like he would say it back to back, amen, amen. You may not recognize that, but it's actually the word verily, verily. Have you ever heard him say that? Yes. That, that word amen is translated verily. Uh, and he would say it verily, verily. In other words, truthfully, truthfully, I say to you, if you have the faith as of a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, truthfully, truthfully, he was making sure that they got it, putting it together. The Greek word for amen is trustworthy, true, so be it, or verily. The Hebrew word for amen is aman, A-M-A-N, means faithful, trust, belief, uh, firm, established, steadfast, and sure. When God attaches amen to something, it's, it's a done deal on his part. He's already established it. It's already steadfast and sure. He is faithful and just. He is the one who will accomplish it. His, his commitment is there if ours is. Amen? You're supposed to get in on that. Amen. So I mentioned to you that the, we have the rainbow. I want you to look at this sign, symbol. It's a reminder that God's faithful to his word and his promises. Yeah. It's interesting where the rainbow appears at, and I know a lot of people have tried to steal this and use it for their advantage of what they have, but the law of first mention is actually where the rainbow appears is after the flood. After God has, has said that, that the corruption, the evil, the wickedness could not go on, 
but he, his, he was faithful and merciful to, jo, uh, to Noah, who found favor in the eyes of God. And he said, you and your family are going to be saved, and I'm going to establish you're going to go out and do this. And he gave him a sign of the rainbow that he would not destroy the earth again in the form of a flood. It was a promise. But the rainbow didn't end in Genesis. It didn't end with that one. If you look in the book of Revelation, I love this one. It, Revelation, the fourth chapter, when, when John says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and he caught me up, and he said, I looked up there, and he said there was one standing there, uh, and, and he, he had a rainbow around the throne of God. How many of you know that God has a constant reminder of what he's promised to you? <laughs> Come on now. Amen? He says, I remember my word. I got the rainbow right here. I can't back out on it. It's right there in front of me. And in Revelation, the 10th chapter, he said he saw an angel with his face as shining as the sun and a rainbow around his head. In eternity, the rainbow is still there because God was faithful to his word. All God's promises are yes and amen. All of them. His promises to Noah, the Noah uh, the Noahic covenant, his promises to Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant. He says, in you I will bless all the families of the earth. His blessing, his promise to Israel, to Jacob, all his promises to Israel. His promises to David, the Davidic covenant. His promises to the Gentiles are yes and amen. amen. The promises to this generation, are still yes and amen. God did not change his mind. He didn't wipe it out. He has promises to America that though America doesn't want them, he says, my word is out there. I still have a rainbow over me that reminds me of my word that said that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek after my face, and turn from their wickedness, I'm going to hear from heaven. I'll forgive them of their sin, and I will bring healing to their land it's still true yes and Amen. Amen. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh I tell you what God I, I love it his promises are still true when Joel gave his promise his prophecy that he's God said in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men are going to dream dreams. Your young men are going to have visions. I will pour out my spirit upon your handmaidens, upon your servants. How many of you know that they, they thought that was fulfilled on the second, uh, in the second chapter of Acts after they had begun praying uh, in Acts 1? Jesus says, stay right here and pray until you receive the promise. God gave them a thing. He gave them even a, a timeline. He says, until you receive the promise, keep faithful, endure, be cheerful, keep it going because this is what I have spoken to you. And when the day of Pentecost, when the 50th day had come, there they were on the 50th day and all of a sudden something happened in that place, in that upper room where they were at and there was a sound of a rushing mighty, how many of you know that God always brings a sound, amen? There was a sound as of a rushing mighty wind. There was a sign or symbols of fire, cloven tongues of fire sitting down upon everyone 
on. And they began to speak with tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave them utterance. And people outside there were wondering what was going on because they were speaking in their language of which they knew that these guys had no clue. He said, are they not all Galileans? How are they speaking like us? You have people from all over the place that's hearing the gospel or the glory of God in their language. And they said, well, they're acting crazy. They're acting stupid up there. They're acting just like we do at Mardi Gras. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're drunk with new wine. And Peter says, guys, I hate to disappoint you, <laughs> but we got our own party going on up here. It's not the Marty, but we got a party. We got a Pentecostal Holy Ghost party going on up here. And he begins to preach to them, and 3,000 people give their hearts to the Lord that day. What must we do? Wouldn't you love it if the church would get to the place where people would come running and saying, what must I do to get saved? Yes. Yes. Well, if we wouldn't bail out on what he said he would do, they will. Yes. Come on. It was true then. And if that was fulfilled in the last days, that was only the beginning of the last days. How much closer are we to the end of the last days now? That means if he said he would do it upon your children and your children's children, this promise is to you as far and as long as this goes. He says, I'm still going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. And his word is true. Amen. Right. His word is true. Yes. Yes. And because of that, I still believe that he's doing that. Yes. Amen. Yes. I still believe it. Yes. I believe. Amen. There have been great revivals that have taken place around the world, great revivals. We've had revivals here. I've done so much history, uh, study of history even to our area. There was a revival in Cane Ridge, Kentucky, 1801. And those that were involved in Cane Ridge, people came from, I don't know how far, 20,000 people gathering in a place in Kentucky. And different denominational preachers were giving the word. Presbyterian, Methodist, Baptist. That's about all there was at that time. They began to deliver the word and people were getting slain by the Spirit. They were shouting. They were dancing. There was happiness that they couldn't explain. Things were taking. A revival had hit. It's called the Cane Ridge Revival, which was the beginning of the Second Great Awakening. And out of that, Bishop McKendry, whom the college is named after, he came this way, and there was a couple of other preachers uh, that have come. And there was a camp meeting that took place out here, between here and Glen Carbon, or Edwardsville. They, when when uh, Reverend Badgley, I think he was the Baptist pastor, when they came here to evangelize, he looked out over the place, and they named St. Clair. Where do you think the name Shiloh came from? Where do you think the name Goshen came from? When he looked out over this area, he said, this is the land of Goshen. This land flows with milk and honey. Yes. I want to tell you something. What he spoke, he prophetically declared over this area. Since 1998, I have gathered pastors together. I have had covenants and, and, and things to pray together. That What God started over 200 years ago, he had not finished yet. Amen. He still wants to do it. Amen. We want to see it. Georgia Engelke, who was a, 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 had her education in, in, uh, at SIU as a teacher, 
But she wrote many history uh, chronicles and so forth, the history of Madison County, the history of, of uh, Old Six Mile and so forth, the history of these things. And she records in her book some of the things that were written there of what took place as they gathered out here in this open area and they had camp meeting here. It was at one of those camp meetings that there was, I, I think it's awesome because while they're out there preaching, uh, one night it was raining and... Uh, they, they didn't think anything was happening. I believe it was McKendry says, guys, I don't know what's taking place. It's, it's a dead service this morning. I don't know what's going on. We need to go back to our tents and repent and come back out fired up and say, God, do it again. So they went and they prayed. You know, sometimes you can't go by what you see in the natural. You can't go by that. And the night had come, and there was a fire, and there was a sound, people rejoicing, people having a good time singing about the blood of Jesus. And there was, a, there was a Native American, an Indian from this area who had, who, had, who had wandered in. He saw the fire. He could see the light in the distance. He saw a crowd of people gathered there and he, saw, he heard them. He didn't understand their language. He just heard noise. And he said, man, they're having a time over there to himself. He says, I bet they got some good whiskey. I mean, this is the history books, folks. Yeah. I've studied so many of these. And he came looking for some whiskey. And he got close. And there was a sapling there, a young tree. And when he got closer, he lost his balance. He lost his ability to stand. He lost every part of his body. And he grabbed onto the, to the sapling to try and hold himself up, to prop himself up. And he wasn't even in the midst of it. And a couple of guys went out there and they saw him there and they began to preach to him. He can't understand it, but all of a sudden, some way they communicated with him the gospel and he set himself, uh, uh, he, he confessed it and Jesus set him free right then and there. I believe he was the first Native, Native American convert in this area. And later on in the years, as you read, uh, read up, it says he's still serving the Lord this day. See, a lot of people say, well, you can't go by all that hope and hype and emotionalism. You don't know what's going on there. You've got to wait till the fruit comes out. <laughs> anyway, I'm not disputing that. Yes. There has to be fruit. Yes. But if it's fruits of repentance, it's a good thing. Amen. <laughs> if it's fruits of repentance, yes. that's a good thing. So many of you have seen it. How many of you lift up your hands? You've seen some sort of thing on Facebook or you've seen it somewhere about a revival that broke out on Asbury University campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Let me see your hands. Okay. Who has not heard about it? Anybody? Just be honest to say I haven't seen anything about it. It's okay. I just want you to know. So Francis Asbury was one of the Methodist preachers that came over from uh, England he came with John Wesley, and Wesley assigned him to go out preaching here. He was 26 years of age. He came to evangelize the American uh, uh, communities or colonies that were here. He was part of the Great Awakening, Second Great Awakening. But he traveled over 300,000 miles on horseback. 300,000 miles on horseback. Wow. How many of you? Wow, that's a lot of miles. Yeah. 
most circuit rider riding preachers didn't make it to the age of 30. The reason for that is because they could get attacked by animals. They were attacked by uh, unwelcome people. But they didn't even live to 30, but he lived to 70. And the thing that he came over here is says, our motto must be always, or must always be forward. Forward. Yeah. It doesn't matter the adverse con uh, conditions. It doesn't matter what's going against. We keep pushing forward. Endurance, assurance, confidence, diligence. We keep going forward. And they said at his funeral, now, Grant, you have to understand, this is in 1816. There were no Facebook, there wasn't live stream, there wasn't satellites or anything, but people had heard that he had passed away at the age of 70. And they said that there were 20,000 people that followed his coffin. 20,000 people co followed his coffin. Wow. How many of you know that he was a good man? Yes. Amen. He had left an impression upon his society, he had, upon his culture. So with that, Asbury is the, the, who the university is named after. It's a little town, Wilmore, Kentucky, town of 6,000. Has a subway, has a coffee shop, a gas station, and that's pretty much about it. Not much going on there. It's about 40 miles north of Lexington. I want to show you some pictures. So if you can see this, this is what took place. This started on February the 8th. February the 8th, a week ago Wednesday, these students were in chapel, all right? You see them over here. This is where they are in chapel. Filled up 1,600 seats there. There are three other chapels that they have filled up. And then you can see down here, they ran out of room, so they have put a, a, a projector outside, and people are coming and staying outside in this weather. It's, their weather's no different than ours. We just get it about... 12 hours before they do. When we had snow the other day, they had snow. They were still there. Didn't matter. You see on the right side, the far right corner, you see the crowd the way it looks today. But this, this is how it started. Right here. This was the scene taken off the security camera that looked down there after a, ch a, a chapel service that began at 10 o'clock and ended at 10.45 and the speaker that day says, hey, I got time. I don't have anything, anything going until I meet a guy this afternoon. If you want to pray about something or if you feel like you need to, to ask for forgiveness of it. And you know what? He's, one of the things he said, he said, if you haven't shown the love of God, you can't show the love of God until you have felt and experienced the love of God that truly sets you free, sets you free from every hurt, every habit, every hang-up. Those are my thought, words. But he said, until you've been set free of that, just like Clarence said, until you've set free of that, you're going to live your life not, not fulfilling. But if you want to pray, go ahead. And about 30 students came down to the front and began to pray. Some left and went to class. And as they were praying, something was happening. They were crying out with repentance. They were saying, God, forgive me. I still hold grudges. Forgive me, oh God. Forgive me, God. 
you see there, Tucker Carlson mentioned it the other day, uh, CBN, it's been on NBC. I didn't, have, I didn't have time to pull all the pictures and all the stories, all the Facebook things, uh, everything that had taken place. But, you know, they're all talking about it. And CBN, the, 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 the correspondence lady said when she got there, she could actually feel the presence of God just being on the campus. Barry Shepard has a, has a friend of his that's a, a teacher there. And he, t- he tells Barry a couple of days after that we were t- you know, communicating, and he, he tells Barry, and Barry forwards the text to us, and he says, all I can say is, he says, I walk there, and when I get to the, close to the campus, I can feel the manifest presence of God. Amen. There's not a great deal of outward display like we think revival is, but it's a revival of of true, genuine repentance and heart crying out to God. Saying, God, I'm here on this planet for some reason. I'm missing it. God, whatever's in my way, I move it. I knew that something was about to happen between yesterday and today because it was going to be Jubilee. I think I mentioned it at prayer the other night. Jubilee and Joyce, I think you guys might remember that. But yesterday, it got so crowded, Rick Curry, who's a friend of mine, you remember Rick Curry, he preached for us a a few years back, he had the appeal to heaven flag, Rick Curry has been on his uh, Facebook page covering it, and he just goes around just trying to capture all the things that are going on there. But he said, he goes, guys, he says, they used to have lines... You know, Chick-fil-A opened up a couple of weeks ago and people were complaining about the drive-in line. Okay? The lines to get in that Hughes Auditorium and those other auditoriums were longer than Chick-fil-A's lines without cars. People were just standing, waiting for somebody to get out, come in. Get out, come in. I think it's I think it's awesome. I think it's great. You know, the devil thought that he was going to gain all this attention, the amount of money that was spent on the halftime at Super Bowl to glorify Satan and have people worshiping and bowing down to him. And God says, I'll just use, I, I won't use any professionals. I'll just get some students to cry out in repentance and we'll touch the world. They've had, since then, there's like 22 campuses that have bussed people in there and they've gone back to their place and revival has broken out there. Over 22 that I know of right now. Countries, Brazil, different places all, all around. Just people are coming in there within this short period of time, within a week that this is taking place. It's amazing. So, anyway, remember on well, let me say this. I believe that God had a promise and a commitment to Asbury. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Amen. Asbury's gone. He's in the presence of the Lord. Yes. But the rainbow's still around the head and around the throne. Amen. And Asbury might not be here, but he touched those that he did touch. But 200 years, 207 years later after his death, God's doing something. Because yep. God's faithful to his word. My Lord, I, I'm way beyond. I'm just going to have to read fast. So, 
one of the clips, like what we weren't able to get it to show you today, I was, there was one clip I would love to have, for you to have seen. And there's a little lady that they're interviewing that's there. She's an Asian lady and speaking, and her, her, her English is good, but, you know, it's, it's somewhat difficult to, to describe, and especially with tears in her eyes and brokenness, and the people gathered all around there. And they're holding a microphone as she tells the experience. And she says, three years ago, my husband says that God tells him to sell everything where they live in Asia. Sell everything. And he's a professor at a university. Gives up his job, they give up their jobs, they give up their home, they give up everything. He said, God said to go to Wilmore, Kentucky to pray for revival. To pray for revival three years ago. So they go to sell, you know, everything. They, they sell everything. They go to Wilmore. And she said, you probably saw him. He's walking around the campus, hands raised, two and a half years. God, send revival to this campus. Send revival to this campus, Lord. Send revival Send revival, walking around the properties, proclaiming revival, calling out for revival. Two and a half years later, back in May of this past year, 22, he told his wife, he says, the Lord says we go from here to New York for another ministry, another assignment. And she says, why New York? We pray for revival, revival revival.com. And he said, this is what God says. So they go to New York, and they're there for six months in this ministry, and the beginning of the, the year, January, they had to go to Hong Kong to take care of some business. They returned to Hong Kong and take care of the business, and coming back to the United States, they come to Wilmore, Kentucky on February 7th. And the next morning, revival. How many of you know God's faithful to his word? Come on, give him praise. When she says that, the place erupts. Because these two people, no telling how many countless individuals have prayed for revival. I think it's wonderful that it's hitting the universities. We have a young man here today from Michigan. What a devastation that took place this past week. It was at Michigan University. Three children killed, five injured in in the hospital. But you know what? The the devil wants to destroy this generation, but he's not going to be able to because God has better plans. beginning of the year, January the 2nd, I stood up here and I told you, I said, this thing with Damar Hamill is going to make an impact. People are starting to pray. They're believing in prayer. They see the realization, this guy was dead. He's a football player. He's alive now. He says, this is my purpose. That was something to do, but this is my purpose that God's brought me back. Tess spoke on, on, on the 8th of January about, their, about getting 
uh, there's going to be new wine for new wineskins, but we've got to change. We can't be what we are and expect the new wine to happen. It's not going to happen. We've got to change. And she says, revival is going to happen. And we've had our share of revivals. We've had those times. We've had those things. But for us to say this is what revival is and what it looks like won't be defined. And she said, she said it's not going to look like it did before. One month to the day from January 8th to February the 8th, it didn't look like it has before. Kids crying out, there's no solution. Oh, I love it. Worship leaders, preachers, all trying to get attached to it, saying, hey, we can come and do worship. And they're saying, that's all right. We got it under control. We got it. We're letting our students, some of them can't carry a tune. (laughs) It doesn't matter. That's all right. We got it. Thank you. Thank you. Come and be blessed. Carrie Job, she has a video of her just driving through the campus going, wow. Wow. And she's a great, and that's not to say, some people will say that's revival because there's no big names. That doesn't mean that, that it's revival. Are, are you listening to what I'm saying? God uses whomever. He's given people a platform. He'll still use them, but that's what God's doing. And he, he said, this is what it's working. This is the way it works. I pray that the big names and the big stars, <laughs> they, they, I love it when they get on there and say, no rock stars here tonight. Let's just worship Jesus. You know, I love it, man. It's awesome. Yes. The 15th, I started talking about faith. I was, I was talking about Zacchaeus. <laughs> Little Zacchaeus, he was unwilling to, to, uh, to continue. His frustration, because he couldn't get to Jesus, didn't stop him. He, he, he had unusual foresight. He went ahead of the crowd. He wanted to be where Jesus was going to happen. And he had an unrelenting desire to say, I'm not going to stay on the same level I'm at. I'm going to get to a higher level. I've been talking about this. We're going to have to go higher. We've got to get to the place where we're not satisfied with words. And I preached this thing of how he would go out there and what would we do. And I'm thinking to myself, I want to get to Asbury. But he tells me, uh, Rick Curry says, Roy, you got to get there early in the week because by the weekends you won't get here. Well, yesterday he said, not only are people not able to get in the chapels, they're not able to get in the city. They shut down the city. The city can't handle any more people. You know, we do all we can to muster up a crowd. Just let Jesus show up. Just let Jesus show up. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't walk a mile to get, I can't stand in lines for two, for 24 hours, I can't do that, and I'm thinking, I'll figure out a way, (laughs) because I'm going, I don't know when, I don't know how, don't know where, but if I have to go sit in my car and sleep there, if that's what I have to do, I'm going to find my way there at some point, because if God's moving, I want to be revived, I want to be revived. Wow, I have gone so far over. I'm thinking about, this reminds me of back in my younger days. It reminds me of what was taking place in the 70s. The summer of love had happened out at Haight-Ashbury. Hippies getting together, and there was Woodstock and all these things taking place a movement of kids that were unsatisfied with the way things were. There was a lot of things, and their, their, their dissatisfaction was probably justified. 
They had seen hypocrisy and all this stuff and everything that was going on, and they did what they knew to do. They acted, responded in the way that they knew to do. But in the midst of it, because they were following you know, immoral ways and, and the devil was just hooking them in there, but in the midst of it out in California, there was a, a move of God that started called the Jesus Movement. Yeah. The Jesus Movement. And it broke out a bunch, among a bunch of hippies that that's all they did. They had the live-ins, the communes, they did the drugs and all the stuff. And all of a sudden, God was getting a hold of their hearts and they were seeking something more. And a guy by the name of Lonnie Frisbee reached out to a pastor named Chuck Smith who had a little country church on the edge of town. do 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 It was a song. Anyway, people coming everywhere from miles around, they just want to praise the Lord. <laughs> Long-haired, short-haired, everything you can imagine, you know looking past the hair and straight into the eyes. They just want to praise the Lord. And Lonnie Frisbee says, I did everything I could do. It was happening. Things were not satisfying me, but I found Jesus. And he became a, a spokesperson. And all of a sudden, I don't have any pictures up here to show you today. But if I did, you'd be amazed at all the stuff. In fact, go Google up uh, Jesus Movement, Calvary Chapel. Google that up sometime and listen to some of the stuff. Several weeks ago, I was drawn, somehow it came up on my, something that caught my attention, and I started watching these videos. I sat in my office, and I cried, and I thought, oh, this is just, you know, my flesh is saying, it's just nostalgic, because that's what touched you, and but no, the Holy Ghost was still upon it. And anyway, these guys were getting set free, revival broke out, and I started asking God, please do it again do it again I was involved in it then if it was not for the Jesus movement I don't know where I would be I was raised in church but I could have gone away I went with another pastor I found I met him took some kids to a school one time a number of years ago I was a youth pastor we went up to show them a school and I said uh, we stayed in the same room together he was in a different part he said remember the Jesus movement back in Granite I said yeah I do he says, what do, you think, what do you think ever became of those guys? What, whatever happened? Was there any fruit out of the Jesus movement? And I said, well, Calvary Chapel, I think, has 1,400 churches around the world. Uh, Greg Laurie was saved in that. He's got the Harvest Crusades, the biggest things that's going on. I guess maybe a little bit of fruit has shown up, you know. And you know what? Better than that, I'm still serving God because I don't know where I would be. Because I didn't like the southern music. I didn't like the church music. I I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't challenging to me. And I was kind of like Isaac Watts back in the 1600s. Isaac Watts told his father, he said, said, Dad, I'm tired of this music. And he goes, well, if you think you can do better, then you just write something. And he did. He wrote a lot of the hymns from that period of time. And so anyway... Because of that, I, I, got a, I hung out with hippies that were, that were saved. Thank God for brother and sister Carter. They lived down on 162 there and had a barn. They, they'd open up their house, open it up to Termite and John Darr and all the guys that would come out there. And you know what? God's saying to you because he's still got a rainbow over you. He's still got a promise to you. He said he's going to save your children and your children's children. What you did for them, he's going to do for you. Thank you for opening up your house. I was one of them kids. 
Thank you. I, I forgot that there was a movie coming out. So this past week, I'm over, you know, I used to deliver flowers as a 16-year-old, and I knew how to fl- deliver flowers. So every, every, every Valentine's Day, I go, Judy, need any help? <laughs> so I came over there, to, we were getting some flowers because I was going to deliver them. And uh, anyway, we're looking at the theater, theater across from her shop, and she said, wouldn't it, look, wouldn't it be good to have Jesus Revolution showing up there? And I forgot when it was going to be. And I said, yes, it sure would. She goes, yeah, I guess it's not going to happen. They can't get it. I said, yeah, I know. That's, that's a sad thing. That's happened several times. And so anyway, I come home that night, Tuesday night, or Monday night, or I'm sorry, Tuesday night. And I'm sitting back, and I'm drawn to those video clips again that I used to watch. Catherine Kuhlman with a bunch of long-haired hippies. I was reminded about Chuck Smith. And he said, I remember these boys came in, said they'd been coming to church for a while, gave their hearts to the Lord, wondered if they could play some music sometime. He said, they're all long-haired. They got the Volkswagen van out there. And, and uh, he says, well, guys, what, what, what kind of music do you do? He said, well, we just do some original stuff. And they stood up with a guitar got their guitars and started singing a song, Welcome Back. He said, I want you to be, would you come out tonight? We've got young people that are gathering here. Would you come out tonight and sing this? Catherine Kuhlman. You know, I, don't, I didn't ever thought about old Katie being involved with young people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but she's there, miracle, miracle ministry. And they said, he said, when is it? He said, it's tonight, tonight. And one of the guys says, well, he said, well, one of our guys is He's serving jail sentence every weekend for marijuana charges. But I think he's out by tonight. Yeah, we can be there. <laughs> he's still serving his consequences, <laughs> giving his heart to the Lord. And, the, and they're laughing. He's laughing. He says, oh, he said, oh, we've all been there. We've all done it, believe me. But anyway, they came out and sang. And just it was powerful. Anyway, the whole there's a movie coming out this week. And I don't have any information. I tried to get it to where we could block it out. I thought next Sunday afternoon, let's put on all of our, well, we probably can't fit into our 70s stuff, but if you could find some tie-dye shirts, <laughs> let's dress up in the 70s and go down to the theater and watch this movie. But anyway, I haven't got any word about a group thing, but I'm gonna, I've am gonna got a sign-up sheet. Put it out there if you think you'd be interested next Sunday afternoon or Sunday night. Write your name down, how many you think you would want. I'll, and put your phone number, because I'll try and get in touch with you if I find out anything. But anyway, I, I sat there watching these clips, and I said, God, you gave us a promise. You gave me a promise. You said revival was going to happen. And I know there were probably times within the last year, I thought, I'm not going to see it. He still gave me those promises. How many of you know... God knows how much time I have left. He knows how much time there is before his return, and I believe he's expediting and accelerating some of these promises to happen. And I said, God, why do we have to miss it? I've, I've heard the promises. I've heard the things that you've said, that we're a hub and we're in the middle of it. God, have, you, have, you, have, you, have we lost out? What's happened? And all of a sudden, while I'm watching the video, a text comes through. Great news. Jesus' revolution is coming to Granite. And I'm like, what do I have to do? What do we need to do? 
it was God was saying, I told you. I believe that God's timing of all this, this is hitting the theaters this week. College campuses are doing, God is up to something. Amen. 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 He's up to something. West, some people say, well, I don't know about that revival stuff. There's all this stuff. I heard one guy, he gave his report. And he didn't even use the right scripture. He, is, he had come up with this whole thing why you shouldn't trust the, the uh, Asbury revival. And he said the preacher preached from Luke, the seven, whatever chapter, and it had nothing to do with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm like, dude, it was Jesus' words. <laughs> it was Jesus talking. And then I watched the, I watched the video of it, and it wasn't even the same scripture. The kid was talking, the guy, the professor was talking about love. How far is the love of God? How far do we really love? Do we love people who hurt us? He had been raised, he'd been abused in his home, and he said, I realized that, that I had all this hurt inside of me. I'd been let down by church. I'd been let down by schools. He was, had, could have had a D1 uh, scholarship or a scholarship to a D1 school to play soccer, but he chose to go to a Christian college and they cut him. He said, I had a lot of hurt, a lot of things going on, but one day he encountered Jesus and he washed it all the way. Yes. And that's what he said. And if you're like that, maybe you want to pray. Maybe you want to pray. Amen. That's the way he left it with them. There's, I like what Wesley said. God, give us revival without all the defects. But if that's not possible, send us revival with all the defects. Just send us revival. There's going to be critics. There's going to be copycats. I, I, I believe that I've just looked at it like this. I don't want to be like David. When he tried to bring the ark into the town, he did it the wrong way. How many of you know that motives aren't always right? I mean, it was, he had the right motive. He was doing it the wrong way right yes. and it cost it cost then i don't want to be like uza who when the ox started to fall who it wasn't supposed to be that way anyway it's supposed to be carried by the priest not by the oxen right. but when the ark started to slip uza's trying to support i don't want to be like david and do it the wrong way i don't want to be like uza and think i have to help it right. amen? amen i just want to be involved amen. Right. Un unplanned unexpected unfamiliar, all these things that I gave within, before this took place, these are happening. So I've sat, I've asked God, I said, God, are you going to give us revival? He said, yes. You know why? Because all my promises are yes. yes. <laughs> I said, oh, are we going to be a part of it, God? Yes. Are we going to still be the healing hospital? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. yes. Are we still going to be a hub of revival like Chuck Pierce said that we were, like Charles Dickens said, Dixon said we were? Are we going to be a, a hub of that? Yeah. And what's funny, then Angie's mother, Sharla, sends me this text that day when I'm giving Stephanie my scripture. She sends me this text. Remember what Chuck Pierce said about what was going to happen. You're going to be a fire. Out of this, fires are going to break out all over, all across, and you're a part of it. And I said, yes. <laughs> yes Remember, Lord, whenever I gave everybody stakes and said, let's drive stakes and lay claim to this, and I went to a, watch a, a ministry that night, and the man stood up there, and he says, I see you with a bunch of stakes. 
He goes, not like you're eating them, but like you drive them. Does that mean anything to you? And I'm like, yeah, I just gave out 60 of them this morning. <laughs> he said, well, God says that wherever you've drawn, driven the stakes, he's given you that land. Yes. Yes. I said, God, are, are, is there still those people that you're whispering in their ear? And he said, yeah. I said, is there going to be a turnaround? Yes. Amen. 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 Yes. I said, God, are, are we still going to have a studio? That's one probably nobody remembers but me. I remember we had a ministry, Jamie Tuttle, Judy Jacobs' husband, stood up here. He said, this house has to have a studio because there's going to be a sound coming out of here that will touch the world. Hallelujah. It's been a way back there. I had to repent. God, I forget, forgive me. I said, are we still supposed to have a school raised up? Not like a daycare school, but are we still going to have a training center? He said, yeah. Yes. Hallelujah. I had to repent. I said, when I was, in the, when I was a teenager, it was my goal to tell everybody about Jesus every day. Brad Boone, Mike Boone, Mark Boone, a couple other kids, we prayed every morning at 7 o'clock at Glenview Chapel because they had a key. And we went and prayed before school. And the next day, we were accountable to each other. Did you get to share Jesus with anybody? Did you get to share? And I said, Lord, I, I've, I've talked to a lot of people. I encourage a lot of people. But I, I repent for not telling them about necessarily you. Revelation 22 20 says he who testifies to these things says surely I am coming quickly amen, amen. even so yeah. even so, even so. Amen. amen amen come quickly Jesus the word even so means amen yes. and I said Lord you're coming soon I need to repent I need to start telling people about Jesus yes. do you what about you here today if there's anything that I've found that will bring revival to an area, it's this. Repentance is what precedes revival. Repentance, that's all it takes. When God hears people repenting, he be, and it doesn't have to be a big, it could be a drop out of a faucet. But when it starts happening, it's just like somebody opens up the valve and it gets just like it was there at Asbury brokenness on earth brings openness in heaven Good. revival happens because of conviction not convenience believe me it's very inconvenient for them imagine having your building open 24 hours a day 7 days a week somebody needs to clean the toilets yeah. <laughs> right? right somebody needs to do the carpet yeah. it's an inconvenience it's an inconvenience for the policemen from every county coming around there and helping the traffic flow. It's an inconvenience for the subway who's only there. It's an inconvenience for those people who drive down there and set up food trucks and give out water and stuff like It's an inconvenience for them, but they're doing it for the glory of God. Amen. Revival costs. Yes, and I think sometimes the reason we don't experience it is we're not willing to pay the price. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> not willing. To pray, pay the price. I want to close with this. I'm just going to ask you. You don't have to respond right now. I know we have a business meeting. 
Isn't it funny they had a business meeting on the day of Pentecost? <laughs> really? Hallelujah. <laughs> Ten days had gathered. They said, you know what? We got we to gotta replace uh, Judas. We got to replace Judas. We're going to take a vote here to see who we're going to do it. And they said, okay, let's do Matthew. That's good. And they accept him, and the Holy Ghost comes in. How many of you know that God's about our business? Amen. <laughs> right? God, I pray that you're all about our business today. <laughs> I'm just going to ask you this. Are you hungry for it? I want to ask you this question that Tess asked last week. Are you a fan or are you a follower? Do you still have hurts and habits and hang-ups in your life? Are you still holding on to grudges, like Clarence said? Do you live in the light of eternity that any moment we can be taken out of this life, either through death or Jesus could come back? Right. Are you or your family, your loved ones, are they, are they, are you, are they ready for return, the return of the Lord? What if he came to your house? You know, he went to Zacchaeus' house. He said, Zacchaeus, come on, we're going to go to your house today. What if Jesus showed up and he said, I want to go sit in your house today. I want to watch what you watch. I want to listen to what you listen to. I want to ride with you in your car. Would you have to change things? Would you have to alter something? Are you like Zacchaeus? You had some butts in your way. He was a great guy, but he couldn't see. He was too short. Have you abandoned or aborted the promise that God's given to you? Have you forgot about it? Have you put it on the back shelf? Have you said, I guess that's not going to happen? I probably have done that. I've probably done that. And I could blame it on a lot of things. Some of it myself. Some of it on others. Well, we would have had it, but this happened. But, 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 but. But I said, God, I'm sorry for every but that I've gotten my way. I've allowed to get my way to hinder what you want to do here at this place and among these people. So why don't you bow your head and close your eyes? I'm asking you, any of those questions that I've given you or maybe even questions the Holy Spirit has spoke to you because we prayed that earlier that you would talk to us. If there's anything right now that hinders or gets in the way, gets in the way from you experiencing the goodness of God that all God has for you. God hasn't forgotten the promises, but maybe we have. If there's anything in the way, I want you, could you just raise up your hand? And we're, I'm asking that nobody looks around. Yeah. 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 Would you just say, Lord, forgive me. I repent. I know you had the best plan, but I came up with my own plan. I know you wanted to do something different, but I tried to do something else. Forgive me, Lord. God, forgive me for holding on to things. Hallelujah. 
Forgive me for getting lazy, sluggish, no longer eager, cheerful, constant. Forgive me, Lord, and do a work again. Do a work even though it may look different than it's been before, but I pray you would do something in our lives, God. Here in this church, you've given great promises to this church. Great promises to this church. We cry out to you, Lord. Please do it again. careful to uh, as I said earlier I don't want to be a David and do something wrong I don't want to be a Uzzah to think that I have to put my hand to what what God's doing that I have to be the one to hold it up something's happening this morning no we didn't have a full house there are many people that aren't here for whatever reason but out of the 1,600 students that heard that message that day, the 30 that hung around, small beginnings, but within a short period of time, everybody, kids started coming back to campus and they didn't leave. They didn't leave. Class has to go on and they're doing the best that they can. I pray for them that they're able to... <laughs> they're getting an education they didn't dream of. One that money couldn't buy. <laughs> Rick Curry said that there's three things that you can tell if it's if it's a genuine. Because there's a lot of things that aren't genuine. But he said that what he saw down there, and he's just been going around doing his thing, and CBN has used his stuff, and a lot of a lot of other stations that have come in. But he said there's three things upon which you can measure it. One is Christ-centered. Jesus is glorified. It's him. Number two, it's community building. People are they're they're drawn together. They're building and loving one another regardless of who or where backgrounds ethnic ethnicity and three there's a compelling sound I think Tess marked it whenever she said this is a sound of revival I hear that sound I hear that sound Lord I don't know how to even navigate through this but I know you're doing something Jesus you're doing something because I know you're doing something in me Lord for weeks just the weepiness within me brokenness I ask God that it spreads you know man will try and man will try and start the fire and all man's supposed to do is keep it lit otherwise it's strange fire the Bible calls it man can't do anything he can only sustain it when the fire fell in the tabernacle when it fell in the temple 
it was it was God it was supernatural man couldn't do it but man could keep it going and we have to keep it going let this flame that's inside of us as we sang just a minute ago keep burning keep burning that means we got to change what we are and believe it or not I'm going to try and pull a business meeting out of this if we have I don't even know if we have a quorum now are we no we'll have to do it another time but I'm going to give you what I felt like the Lord but I think this is important I wrote this down I didn't write anything out but the state of the church where we're at today last year I said that we need to revisit our identity refocus on intergenerational reassess our intentions rebrand our image and renew our interest our identity is who we are and why we are I think we're seeing that today I think we're this is what we're about we have always been a revival church we can't change that and that's what God blesses we've got to stay in our lane we've got to reach another generation the Asbury revival has said that they're giving precedence and they're giving uh, I mean giving priority to Gen Z they don't want older people in there they want the kids to get what they can if they're there and they have no room for other one else people older are stepping aside saying we want this generation to get it and I think it's time that we consider strongly this generation God give us how to do it a strategy Lord our image how we're perceived we need to be who we are and reinvest our lives reinvest ourselves to that thank God this last year we saw an increase in attendance up 25% we thank the Lord for that from where we were last year we're not done we did things to go outside the walls did the tide bringing Christian music to try and change the atmosphere of downtown Granite City a lot of endeavors and efforts to change things but we need the hand of God we need what it was set apart I've done enough research I know the people I've done the stories of the Gillums that dedicated property downtown for a church, for a school, for education. They believed in for doing for the glory of God. And I don't want to see that lost. Last year, we offered a, brought out a tank and said we were going to baptize anybody. We only had two people sign up to begin with. We baptized, I don't know, over 20 over those next couple of weeks. God was doing something. I believe we've seen the tide turn and it's time to ride the wave. I believe we need to realize this is Jubilee. It's 23. The number three means the camels are coming. <laughs> this is still that year. It's time that we become vocal about it to declare this is Jubilee, folks. This is Jubilee. We got things, we got projects that we need to do that are important. We want to refresh the, the, the looks, the appearance. It's, it's been a while. We want new carpets. We're wanting to pay for them. We trust God. We've got projects. But I believe that the state of this church today is 
we got to focus on prayer. Prayer. Personal ownership and in it, witnessing, inviting, being a faithful ourselves, and worship. Praise and worship. That's what it's all about. We can't come in and expect somebody else to worship for us. We used to sing a song a long time ago, ain't no rock gonna cry in my place. As long as I'm alive, I'll glorify the name, his holy name. Ain't no tree gonna wave its branches. As long as I'm alive, I'll lift my hands and praise the Lord. Ain't no bird gonna sing my song. It's time that we focus and say, God, I'm, I'm here. I came today, today to meet with you and to acknowledge you every time we come in. We've taken care of spiritual business. We'll have to reschedule our physical business, but I think the most important is the spiritual end of it. I sat over there weeping because I remember, I don't want to, pardon me, pardon me. I want to tell you something. To have these two up here, only God could have done that. <laughs> he brought it about. It was spoken a number of years ago. God, only you could do that, and I thank you for it. I have a heart of gratitude. I know what God's put in their hearts to express our own worship. It was prophesied years ago. <laughs> Even red carpets. Oh God, I thank you for what you're doing to my children, my family. Hallelujah! I thank you, each and every one. Lord, I thank you. This prophesied over Tori. She would write manuals, medic, medical manuals. Todd White didn't know anything about her nursing, but God, you spoke it. It's still true. It's still yes. It's still yes. It's still yes for our family. It's still yes for this church. Amen. Thank you for your faithfulness this past year. and Thank you for your being a part this year, today. Amen. Amen. I love you. God bless you. If you. I know we have to go, but just keep this attitude, this frame of worship in your heart. May God save your families. May you have revival in your house. May it go with you. Keep the flame. Keep it burning. Keep it bright. In Jesus' name.